uh, tonight. Hebrews chapter number 10, starting in verse number 24, it says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I've titled this message tonight, Get In The Habit. And what I wanna do is speak to something that is near and dear to my heart, but also I believe near and dear to the heart of God. And that is simply to speak to tonight the importance and the power that comes when we simply gather together and do Sunday church. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time we gather in your name, Jesus. I thank you that when we gather here tonight, you are in our midst. Lord, you wanna move, you wanna speak, you wanna touch lives, and so God, we give you free reign to do so. God, I pray that those in this room will be blessed because they chose to show up tonight in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Well, I'm a little bit tired today, so I'm gonna need your help to help me preach because I'm, I'm just fading. I fell asleep in my office about an hour ago, so hashtag pray for me. There are all kinds of bad habits in this world. There are the nose pickers, the nail biters, the toilet seat lever upperers, the conversation interrupters, and the worst of all, the open mouth chewers. All kinds of bad habits in this world. And the author of Hebrews in this passage says that there is a habit that you don't want to get into in your life. And that is the habit of giving up meeting together. In other words, giving up, showing up to Sunday church. I've got a confession to make. I love Sunday church. I live it and I breathe it and I love it. I love it, I love it. This is, for me, this is also my fifth, sun, fifth service of the day. I did three services this morning. Bex preached, we were here. I went to Growth Track, popped into our Chinese service. I'm here today, uh, here tonight. And, and I, love, I love church. I love Sunday church. I live it, I breathe it, I love it. I love Sunday church because it's when we gather together and in this place, it's, it's, church is a place where vision gets enlarged, man. Church is a place where faith gets deposited. Church is a place where the Word of God, His eternal Word gets preached and delivered. It's a place where encouragement is given. It's a place where change, in your life begins to take place. It's a place where hope gets deposited. It's a place where God is magnified in this world. It's a place where our spirits get stirred up in the things of God. It's a place where lives get touched. It's a place where lost people get found. Come on, somebody. I love me some church. I love church. I love church. One of the most frustrating things that I see though is when people undervalue the power of simply meeting together and they get in this habit of neglecting meeting together and they form a habit which never ends in life. And the author of Hebrews, it's assumed that the author is Paul, he goes to the extent of actually putting it in one of his letters that makes it into the Bible, which says so plainly, like you couldn't say this clearer, don't get in the habit, as some are in the habit of doing, of giving up meeting together, but keep doing it all the more. All the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, all the more as the days go on and we get closer to the coming of Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up on meeting together. And you know what? In my time in ministry, 
I've seen again and again that step one on a journey to a mediocre faith is the step of forming the habit of stopping showing up to church. I'll say that again. I've seen it time and time again in my journey as a pastor that step one on the journey to a mediocre faith is the step of forming the bad habit of neglecting to show up to church. And the author of this passage writes this and puts it in the Bible because I believe he understood the power and the potential that is found when we gather together. Why is this so important? Why is it so important that as, as Christians, and if you're a Christian today, this, I'm preaching to you, if, if you're new to church, and like, hopefully you understand some of the things I'm talking about, and this will make sense to you. But why is this so important that we don't give up meeting together? Why is it so important that it makes it into the Word of God, that we're to show up, we're not to give up on this thing? Why is it so important? And there's so many reasons why it's important that we gather together. It's, there's so many reasons, but they all culminate in this one reason, and I've summed it up in one word, and that is this, growth. Growth. The reason we meet together is because when we gather together in church, it enables us to grow like nothing else does. Friends, I believe the devil wants to get you to stop showing up to church because he wants to limit your growth potential. That's why he wants to do this. Man, I, I think there's, uh, I've seen so many people along the way, they give up on meeting together and it's just, this, this growth potential that God wants to bring through our gathering together, it gets, the, the growth gets minimized. And the, I, I really believe that the heart of God is that we understand the power of gathering together. I'm not saying that you can be saved by coming to church. I'm not saying that you need to come to church to be saved. I'm saying that if you wanna grow, you should show up. I'm not saying that you get saved by coming to church. You get saved with Jesus, but you grow with other people. That's the way God designed it. That's, God's, that's the way God made this world. He made this world that we would grow in connection with each other, that nothing in God's economy works in isolation. You gotta understand that. But, and when someone removes himself from the simple, uh, the, the simple practice of gathering together and coming to Sunday church, when you neglect that and you form this bad habit of moving away from that, you, form a, you, you get yourself into a place of isolation. And isolation is never healthy. Nothing good happens in isolation. I mean, the, in God's economy, nothing happens in isolation. Even God Himself doesn't dwell in isolation. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's this amazing divine trinity that works in this relationship, three and one, one and three. It's amazing. Nothing happens in isolation. And when something is removed from a body, it stops growing. And the growth potential that God has for your life is found when you're connected with other people. Isolated things end up being weird. As a kid, I grew up, I used to love watching nature shows, like documentaries about like the natural world. I don't know if anyone's like me. I love documentaries and History Channel and National Geographic. I watch that all day. I love that stuff. And one of the, I remember as a kid watching the show about an island that got isolated from the mainland. And all the animals on that island ended up weird. And on, the, on that island, the flies no longer had wings. The flies couldn't fly. Because the island was isolated, the flies now no longer could fly. What do you call a fly that can't fly? So you neglect your name. It's like you're not even living up to what the, it's like you're now a walk. And 
this thing, this creature that had been created with the capacity and potential to fly and to soar was now limited to just being a bug that walked around on the ground. See, friends, I really believe that, that there are people I've known that had the potential to fly, but all they do in God now is walk because they became isolated. You know what else I learned from discovering nature shows is that when, when, uh, when a hungry like lion or leopard wants to take an animal, they don't go for one in the herd. They look for isolated animals. I don't know if you've seen it, like there's like the lion and they're hungry, like hungry. And, uh, and, and <laughs> come Holy Spirit. And they're looking around and, and they don't look for the ones that are gathered together. They don't look for the ones that are, that are, that are, that are, that are connected to each other. The, the, the zebras or the gazelles or antelope that are running together, the lions like just watch them go by. You've seen, they sit there, they watch. You know what they're looking for? They're looking for the weak, isolated one. When one gets isolated from that pack, then the lion's like, yeah, that's my man right there. I'm taking that thing down. I'm gonna carry it up a tree and have the time of my life. That's what happens, man. And, and see, the, my Bible tells me in First Peter that the devil, he walks around like a prowling lion and he's looking for someone to devour. And let me tell you, he's not not finding someone to devour in the body and someone who's connected. He might be finding someone to mess with, but he's not finding someone to devour. See, the devil is a liar and he only comes to steal, kill and destroy. And when he's looking for someone to devour, guess what he looks for? Isolated people. And it's the ones that are isolated that if he can get his teeth on them, then they become devoured. And one who was once connected to a body and growing and flourishing is now devoured and is disconnected. Why? Because they became isolated along the journey. Let me tell you, friends, I wanna encourage you today. Get in the habit of meeting together. And don't neglect showing up to church on a Sunday. I'm not saying it because I want my ego stroked because I wanna see all these people. I'm saying it because I believe there is power and potential for you to grow when you show up to church. What happens when we meet together? I wanna to explore just a few things. What happens when we meet together? Meeting together, our meeting together, here's what it does. It brings engagement. It brings engagement. And engagement brings growth. Meeting together brings engagement and engagement brings growth. Bex and I have been married for 13 years. I was gonna say long years, but that would be bad. 13 amazing years. 13 of the best years, 13 incredible years. Good words to you, Steve. <laughs> Married for 13 years. We've been dating for five years before that. So you do the maths, we've been together 18 years. And so we've now been together longer than we've been apart in this life. This is amazing. And we were dating and so we decided, I decided it was time that we got engaged after five years. I bought this ring. It was a ring she liked, I surprised her with it, but, um, but we went out to, listen, can I just say, all you people who are getting engaged now, you make me sick. You're ruining it for everybody else. You're like, all you millennials and your engagement shoots, and you're like, like it's, there's no element of just privacy with this now, it's just bizarre. There's Facebook Live events that happen when you get engaged. You've got to book a photographer. You've got to book a man on a white stallion to go down the, the, the road. You've got to, you know, there's got to be flowers. There's got to be pine trees. There's got to be a coast. There's got to, they're like, it's just mental. Like, calm down, millennials. Just get engaged. People have been doing it for centuries without videographers around. It happens. Embrace it. It's, it's amazing. 
We got engaged in this stuff that I would, I feel, I'm glad we didn't get engaged in this generation. So much pressure. And it costs so much more. We, there was no such thing as engagement photo shoots when we got married. It's like, you get married, you have photos. But like, calm down, millennials. Just relax yourselves. Instagram generation. You don't have to have someone hiding in the bushes with an iPhone. You really don't. It still works without that. It's still real without that. It happens. Calm down, millennials. We got engaged at Cary Cary Beach on the, on the West Coast. I know, it was amazing. Like, I killed it, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I set it up, man. It was close to Bex's birthday. I said, we're gonna go like have a birthday dinner thing. Yeah. Sunset, West Coast. I got my brother and a friend. They got like, um, they got, like uh, paper bags and put candles in them, so like, little lanterns. And, and they made this little path down Cary Cary Beach to, like, to this little alcove in the sand dunes, just looking out at the ocean and the sunset. And around the alcove, I had like, photos, framed photos of us from our journey of dating together all around there. <laughs> Not a videographer in sight. And there was a there was a nice there was a nice mat with some like some food and some nice stuff. So we're there and it's all set up for us. We would walk down the beach and she's like, "What's this?" I'm like, "What is this?" Oh my gosh! And so we walk in there and my brother and mate are hiding over the back of the other sand dune, just like waiting for me to text them to go all clear, you know. And so we're doing that and we're watching the sun go down. We've had some strawberries and some food. It's amazing. I'm like, this is the moment. This is the moment. This is the day the Lord has made. And so I, I, the ring is in my pocket. So I reach down in my pocket to pull the ring out. And as I pull it out, I drop it straight into this, the black sand of a West Coast beach. And I'm like, oh no, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And we're, we're facing, like, so right now, Bex has no idea. She's, we're facing the sunset and we're standing. I'm kind of got like the whole like, you know, looking at the sunset, she's, she's here, I'm just like, yeah. And then and with the sand trunk, I'm like, oh no. So then I'm like, oh, there's sand flies here, sand flies. And I reach out, I grab like a handful of sand and ring, and I'm like, I got it. So I just put the whole thing back in my pocket, the whole thing back in there. And, uh, and, and uh, this, no, this, no, this is just the start. And I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna get it back out. And I pull it back out and look at it, it's covered in black iron sand that's just stuck to this ring. I'm like, this is bad. So I'm like, what do I do, what do I do? Um, I had a glass of sparkling grape juice, because we're Christians, we don't have anything else. And so I, I grabbed the sparkling grape juice and I, and I put it in there and I'm standing there behind her, swirling a ring in this gra- grape juice. And then I grab it and I put my finger and I pull it out and then I put the grape juice down. Now it's sticky. <laughs> what do I do now? I've got to dry this thing. So I put it in my other pocket. And I sit and, so, and then I'm rubbing it dry like this in my other pocket. All the while, she's looking out the sunset going, what is this moron doing behind me? I pull it out. Finally, it's dry. And then I get down on me and I, and I said, will you marry me? And her response is this, is it real? <laughs> I said, I take it as a yes, put it on. Like it's... It's, this, this, listen, but from that moment of us getting engaged, it was like there was now a new intentionality to our relationship. There was a level of, man, I'm gonna get to know you more. We're gonna do some pre-marriage counseling. We're gonna, we're gonna start to plan our future and our wedding. There was an engagement that took place, but it was an engagement of heart, of mind, of emotion, of will, of intent. And so now I'm gonna do everything I can to get, get to know you more, to spend time with you more, to, to plan this wedding together. Can I tell you, there 
there, there is an intentionality of engagement that happens when you just show up to church, when you show up week in, week out. It is an intentional engagement into the things of God, into His presence, into His Word, into worship. Into, and, and there is a connection that happens. There is an engagement of your heart. There's an engagement of your mind. There's an engagement of your voice. There's an engagement of your spirit. There's an engagement of your body when you clap your hands and you, and you lift your hands for Him. There is an engagement that takes place and that engagement causes you to grow. Causes you to grow. Engagement. Engaging into the things of God. Just being in church engages you with the things of God. And it engages you in a way that you'll never have if you get in the habit of not showing up. Can I encourage you, friends? Build a habit in your life of showing up to church. God wants to grow you, and if you wanna grow, make Sunday church a priority in your world. The second thing that happens is meeting together brings commitment, and commitment brings growth. Meeting together brings commitment, and commitment brings growth. Can I be real honest with you tonight and tell you that although I love church, I don't always wanna show up? And there have been times and seasons in my walk with God since I was 18 years old, that I have not wanted to be here for whatever reason. Maybe it's my own sin or my own mess. Maybe it's because I'm just tired or I'm done or I'm worn out. Or maybe it's because i am just got other options or better things that I could be, think I could be doing or other invitations to other things. And, and there have been times where I just haven't wanted to show up. But it's because I have been committed and it's because I've been committed to serve and to lead and to be involved and there is an accountability for me to have to be there that's caused me in those moments where I haven't wanted to show up, to show up anyway. And I can tell you with a hand on my heart, I know that I would not be in the position I am now, both in ministry and in my own personal walk with God, had it not been for those times where I was committed, so I had to show up, even though I didn't wanna show up, but it's because I had to show up that I did show up, and when I did show up, I grew. Can I tell you, don't think that not wanting to show up, but you have to show up because you've gotta serve is anything, anything bad. I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that you are committed to lead and to serve and to be a part of something and that forces you to show up week in and week out because it's that showing up week in and week out which causes those things to break and shift and mold in your life and you will grow as a result even when you show up when you don't want to. Even when, and this is the thing, there'll be times when you come and you don't wanna pray for somebody because you're a mess yourself. You're like, I don't wanna show up to that. And, then, and you do pray for someone and guess what? They get breakthrough and so do you. And you get fed along the way. It's just, it's just this absolutely amazing thing. Meeting together, friends, is not just about showing up, but it's about being committed to something. It's about committing yourself to a group of people, a small group, and going, you know what, we're gonna do a journey together and I'm gonna fight for you and you're gonna fight for me. You're gonna have your back and, and, and you're gonna have my back and we're gonna do this thing together. It's about being committed to serving on the dream team and going, you know what, I'm just gonna like spectate church. I'm gonna be a part of church. I'm gonna put my time into something. I'm gonna serve something. I'm gonna love somebody, I'm gonna pray for somebody, I'm gonna move, I'm gonna do something about this. And that commitment that comes when you show up and you commit yourself to it will cause you to grow in the things of God. Commitment. If you want 
To grow, friends, make church a priority. Don't get in the habit of not showing up, but make church a priority in your life. The last thing I have is this, maybe if the band can join me. Meeting together, it brings connection, and connection brings growth. I don't know if you've ever been to a 21st party um, or a birthday party where the person that you might know quite well um, is there and everyone's doing speeches about them. Have you ever been to a party like that where it's like, oh man, I love that this time when we did this, and you're like, wow. So when you go to parties like that, what's cool is that this person that you might know really, really well, other people who also know them well start to share stories about them. And you discover things about this person that you didn't know before. And you understand this person in ways that you never knew before. And your, your, your perception and your appreciation for this person gets fuller and rounder and bigger because you're hearing about them from someone else's perspective. You're hearing about, so I get to know this person better and deeper, not because I've seen it, but because I'm hearing others tell me about it. You know, the same is true when we come to church. The same is true when you hear the Word preached and you gather around other people who know God as well and they share stories about what God is doing and what God has done and what God is like, all of a sudden your understanding of who God is and your knowledge of what He's like and what He's gonna do in people's lives, it starts to get bigger and it expands and it, and it grows. And so your relationship with God grows bigger because you're hearing about Him from other people. That's the connection effect. When you're connected with other people, your understanding of who He is, it grows. Meeting together, friends, it brings connection. And connection causes us to grow. It causes us to lift each other up along the journey. In my um, interest in nature documentaries, I also learned a thing or two about geese. And the thing you gotta understand about geese is that they fly in an interesting formation the flying V, Mighty Ducks. Oh man, some of you are going, what? Please do yourself a favor. Go Google Mighty Ducks, download it, watch it, change your life. One, two, and three, all of them. They're, they fly in this V formation. And what scientists have come to understand is that formation is, is actually incredibly powerful. What happens is, when the geese fly in that formation and they flap their wings, what they do is they create uplift for the geese flying next to them. It's amazing. And the geese flying in the V formation, when they flap their wings and they create uplift for each other, what it does is it increases their flying range by 71%. So they can fly 71% further then one geese, one goose, one geesen on its own could ever fly. And what is also caused, as they fly in their formation, they're creating uplift for each other. So they're causing each other to go further and go longer and be stronger. And the, the, geese, the goose at the front, the geesen at the front, he, if he gets tired, what he does is he peels out and he goes to the back of the formation and another goose goes to the front and they take their turn at leading the pack. And here's what they do. If, if the goose at the front starts to slow down a little bit, the, the geese in formation, you know what they do? They honk at it. 
They honk at it to encourage it to keep going. They encourage each other by honking at each other to keep flying and keep their speed up and, and, and keep going. I look at that going, what a powerful, powerful illustration of the power of being connected into the church. When you come on a Sunday and you worship and you engage and you lift your hands and you praise God and you speak to each other, when you come, you're connecting with each other and you're creating uplift for the people standing next to you, the people that couldn't carry themselves. Now they can go further and they can go longer. And maybe they were struggling today and they couldn't fly themselves. And so now they can fly a little bit further. And here's what happens when they start to slow down. You come to church and we're like, huh, you can do it, brother. And we're like, huh, Jesus loves you, brother. Hunk, don't give up. Hunk, fight the good fight. Hunk, the devil's a liar and he's got no authority in your life. Hunk, come on, lift your hands. Hunk, do it for Jesus. Hunk, fight the good fight. Hunk, we believe in you. Hunk, God's got a great plan for your life. And when you are struggling and you come and you're connected, all of a sudden you walk away and you're like, man, I can fly all day long. It's the power of being connected into a community. Friends, don't give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another even more as you see the day approaching. Can I challenge every one of you to do something? Can I challenge you to make getting to church a priority in your life? Make it something like, man, this is just a non-negotiable for me. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I know there's a hundred thousand other options that are waiting and ready to take the place of church in your life. And the minute you allow it to sit there, it instantly takes that place of priority and it demotes the value of church. And it's actually very hard to get that back. And my firm belief is that God has made us to do this together and that there is power and potential when we come together just doing Sunday church. I know life happens and I know stuff changes and I know things come along your way. I'm not saying like you've, you can never ever not show up. I'm, I'm just saying make it a priority. Make it something in your life where you're like, you know what, we're showing up. That's a great option, but I can do that any other day. I'm sure Sunday's, Sunday's my day for church. So I need to gather around people. I need to gather around people, engage in the things of God. I need to come and have a commitment that brings me in this place. And you know what? I need to create some uplift for some other people. I need someone to honk at me today because I'm struggling. Thank you. Who is that? Bless you. I'd love to pray for you, church. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. Lord, we just thank you so much for this thing called church. God, that it was your idea, that you designed it, you called us to live in it. And God, I pray for all of us today that we wouldn't undervalue the power of coming together every week. Lord, I pray for us if we've neglected it, if we've treated it as something just so common or something of low or little value in our lives. God, I pray you help us to elevate it, to lift it up on that priority list. God, I pray that 
you would put a heart in us that says, you know what? As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. This is gonna be a priority for us. And God, I know that as we do that, we will see and experience growth come to our lives. I wanna pray one more prayer tonight and just, just want to have your eyes closed and head bowed. I'd love to extend an invitation to you. If you don't know Jesus, I truly believe with all of my heart that God loves every single one of you. He loves you with a fervent and passionate love. He is recklessly and relentlessly in pursuit of you. God loves you, God made you. He created you with a purpose and a destiny in mind. We all mess up, we all sin, we all fall short of God's standard, but God in His amazing, amazing grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to die on a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin. And He extends to every one of you today His free gift of grace, forgiveness for your past, your guilt, your shame, gone. He gives you new life that begins right here, right now. He gives you a hope for your future and eternity with Him in heaven. And I'd love to extend this invitation to you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, but you want to, or maybe tonight your life is far from Him. Maybe, maybe you've been compromising the things of God. Maybe you're neglecting the things of God. And right now, God does not have top priority in your life. He's not number one. I wanna give you an opportunity to also pray this prayer with me, saying, you know what? I'm putting Him back on the throne of my life. If that's you today, I'm gonna pray a prayer. Very simple prayer, and I invite you to pray it with me. I'm gonna pray it out loud, and all you need to do is just follow along with me, but just pray it in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud. I'll do that, you just follow along with me. Just say these words. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned and I've messed up, but I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to come in, forgive me of all my wrongs, and be the Lord of my life. I choose from this day to live for you and follow you. I ask that you would come and make me brand new today in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed, I want you, I want to give you an opportunity to, to respond to that. And, and look, I'm not gonna make you do anything you don't wanna do. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. But I do want you to take one little small step of faith. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. And on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer either for the very first time or maybe coming back to God today, I want you to lift your hand up really nice and high. Just real quick, I'll acknowledge you and you can put it back down. Like I said, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out, but I do want you to take one little step of faith. Are you ready? If you prayed that prayer, one, two, three. Hand up nice and high, saying, yeah, yeah God bless you down the front here. Yes, right here, two. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Yeah, over the side here. Yes, my man, I see you too. Anyone else? Yeah, down the back, got you too. Yeah, at the front here, that's awesome. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me, count me in. I prayed that prayer. I wanna know him. I wanna know the life he has for me. Awesome. Well, God, we thank you so much for your presence here today. And we thank you for every one of those people who said yes to following you. We bless them right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that even now there is a party kicking off in heaven for lost loved ones coming back to you in Jesus' name. Come on, let's congratulate every one of those people for making that decision. Amazing. Hey, I, we just want to do a couple of things before we um, close our service today. And 
we, um, on every single one of your seats, I want you to grab out that orange Connect card that you've got there. If, if you've got one on your seat, grab it out with you right now. And if you raised your hand when Steve was speaking just before, if that was you and you raised your hand, or maybe if you didn't do that, we're gonna ask you to do one thing. We'd love for you to write your name and somehow for us to contact you and then just tick that box there. There's a box that says, I'm committing or recommitting my life to Christ. If you raise your hand, why don't you go ahead and tick that box? We're not gonna stalk you. We're not gonna turn up at your house tomorrow. It's all good. We just wanna help you on the journey and see if there is any way at all that we could help you do that. The other thing there is that, and you can see that there's a whole bunch of stuff that you could tick a box for. If you wanna attend our growth track, which started today, but we, um, you know, people can turn up at any week and we would love to have you along to that. We really believe that every single one of you has been gifted with something upon your life and we just wanna help you be able to discover that and so that you can uh, be more fulfilled in who you are and the, the purposes that God has for your life and at Growth Track, that's what we're all about. So I wanna encourage you, we run Growth Track on Sunday morning, well, Sunday afternoons actually at 1.15 in the chapel. We give you lunch, we feed you. So if you wanna go to Growth Track, tick the box and wanna go to Growth Track. If you wanna be baptised, you wanna join a small group, um, you wanna join the dream team, just fill this card in, tick the box that's appropriate to you. And in just a moment, as the offering buckets go around, you can pop it in the offering bucket as it goes by you and uh, we'll be in touch with you in this coming week. Is that good? All right, we are gonna, in just a moment, we're gonna receive our, our offering and, uh, and then I'm gonna, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna sing a song together. Uh, but that song is not the, okay, it's time to leave song, all right? All right, so don't you rat bags start leaving when the song's happening. All right, it's not the time to leave song because we're gonna, we're gonna receive the offering during that song. We're gonna ha- take some time to celebrate what God